Hey friends, if you struggle to find time to read the Bible, or maybe like me, you do devotions in the morning, but then you could use a little more scripture in your day, I want to make sure you know about the Dwell Bible app. What makes Dwell so special is that they read the Bible to you, and you can choose from all different books of the Bible, different plans. They even have Dwell Daily, which is a daily devotional. And what really sets Dwell apart is that they have a variety of voices. You can have read the Bible to you. Over time, I've listened to Rosie the most. She is soft and relaxed and makes you feel like you're sitting by a fireside being read to. I also love Amber's voice. It's comforting and eloquent. So good. And then you can also choose what you want in the background, whether it's music or white noise. I love hearing the piano being played while I listen to the Bible being read to me. Pretty special. Dwell has something for everyone, men, women, and even children. So go over to dwellbible.com forward slash Monica Swanson to receive your 25% discount today. Again, that's dwellbible.com forward slash Monica Swanson for your 25% discount. I know you're going to love it, so check it out. Let me know what you think. Christian Parenting Friends, welcome to the Monica Swanson podcast powered by Christian Parenting. I am Monica Swanson, mom to four boys, wife to Dr. Dave, podcast host and author of Boy Mom and soon to be released Raising Amazing. Here on the podcast, it is my goal to bring you practical advice and biblical wisdom for raising amazing kids and building strong families. You can always find show notes over at monicaswanson.com forward slash podcast. I'm so glad you're here and I hope you'll be encouraged. If we know what God's word says, mm. then when our culture says something different or our emotion says something different or our son says something different, mm. we'll say, wait a minute, let's go back to God's word. Mm. So and that's not going to happen because we're a Bible believer. Right. That's going to happen because we've spent time reading God's word. We've yeah. spent enough time in God's word that God's word got into us. Hey friends, welcome back to the Monica Swanson podcast. I'm still getting used to saying that, but if you missed last week's episode, please be sure to go back. I have a short, short kind of a trailer episode where I am talking about this new season, how we have transitioned from the Boy Mom podcast to the Monica Swanson podcast, what that's going to look like, what you can expect, and honestly, the bottom line is not a whole lot of change. It's mostly the same thing, but I do appreciate you coming back and also spreading the word letting your girl mom friends know that we are broadening our scope and we're going to talk about all kinds of things related to parenting, family, and you know, we've got some freedom to talk about whatever we want. So I'm really happy you're here with me. Happy New Year once again. You did hear a short clip from today's interview, which is so special to me. I have Wendy Speak back on with me. And for those of you who go way back with me to the beginning of my podcast over three and a half years ago, you know that Wendy was my very first guest on the Boy Mom podcast, and she's been my most frequent guest over the years. She's also just supported me so much in this this podcasting journey, and she's a good friend in real life. And so it's so special that Wendy happens to have a brand new book coming out this month, and it's so good. And her book is really my heart for all of you, for my family. She has a book that follows up. You might know she's got some books called The 40-Day Sugar Fast, 
and then the 40-day social media fast. Well, her next book is The 40-Day Feast. This is a book to help us all become Bible readers. As Wendy says, a lot of moms are Bible believers, but are we really Bible readers? And she wants to encourage us and inspire us and teach us how to feast on God's Word, which is so important. Nothing could be more important as we enter this new year. So I'm going to let her tell you all about that in today's conversation, but it so encourages me, and I think you're going to be encouraged too. So I want to dive in, get into that conversation, but first I do want to pause here real quick to just say thank you again for being a part of this community, and also thank you for your ratings and reviews, especially right now as we kind of kick off a new season and rebrand with a new name. It would mean so much to me if you could just scroll down on your phone, um, find my podcast, scroll down, find those five stars, tap on them, and then you can leave a few words about what you love most about the Monica Swanson podcast. Oh, that would mean so much to me. So my friends, uh, we've got great interviews coming up these next couple months, and we are inching our way towards it's February 21st when my next book, Raising Amazing, releases. I can't wait to just share this journey with all of you. And so now, without further ado, here is Wendy Speak and I talking about what it means to be people, especially to be parents who aren't just Bible believers, but are Bible readers and who teach our kids to be Bible readers as well. I hope you enjoy. Wendy, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. I'm so excited to be back. And congratulations on the on the new name and the new vision for the year ahead and the podcast and all the things. I'm really excited as one of your listeners. Uh, thank you so much. And you and I have already discussed the significance of having you on as my first official guest because Back over three and a half years ago, when I launched the Boy Mom podcast, you were right there by my side, my first guest as well, right? That's right. So this is super special. It is. It just had to happen. We were like, this. you, you belong here. So I am thrilled to do life alongside you, family life um, from a distance alongside you, and writing life and all of that. But for anyone who missed some of those previous episodes you've been with me, can you just share a little bit about yourself? Sure, absolutely. Well, like Monica and many of you that are listening, even though we've got a new name to the podcast, I am a boy mom. Mm -hmm. I had the privilege, actually, of writing the foreword to Monica's book, mm -hmm. Boy Mom, and that was a lot of fun. I have three teenage sons now. Um, I'm married to a man I call Maddie B, and mm -hmm. we live in Texas. I'm originally from California. And um, anyway, this is the life stage I'm in. It's amazing to me that it was overwhelming, you know, during some of those early seasons. And there are some parts that are so good as they're in these older years, but also triggers can change. So our earliest conversations, Monica, mm -hmm. uh, wrapped around my earliest book called Triggers, Exchanging Parents' Angry Reactions for Gentle biblical responses. And really, we looked at the, the scriptures to try to understand our scripts, the things we should say that are right when our kids do wrong. We tried to look at God's word to understand our words. And that's really our earliest conversations. And uh, and so it's fun to be back and now just deep diving into God's word, because it doesn't just transform our words with our kids, it transforms our lives. So I think we're going to have a real fun conversation today. Oh, yes, definitely. And besides just having you on for the first episode, 
of this new podcast. I also love what we get to talk about today to kick off this podcast and the new year because it is something I'm so passionate about and you're my favorite person to be inspired by along these lines. So would you tell us a little bit of the backstory and you mentioned Triggers already. How did Triggers lead to this next book that's about to be launched into the world? Oh, thank you, Monica. It's really special to me. And it has been a story. It's been just like God has just connected the dots, just one kind of theme that I've written about after the next. But it really started in a Facebook group <laughs> for moms who were overwhelmed, who were overwhelmed by parenting, who were reacting in anger or just, you know, exhausted, um, reacting with those knee jerk reactions. And so we went through that series that Amber Leah and I titled, triggers. But those triggered mamas one day in that Facebook group, I said, what would happen if we laid down sugar for 40 days? Would we actually physiologically be calmer and kinder and more consistent with our kids, maybe even more Christ-like? So we started this annual thing that was a 40-day sugar fast. And so that became one of the next books. We did this 40-day sugar fast, but we found that it wasn't just a physical detox, though it did have wonderful results in terms of losing weight. We gained faith Mm -hmm. instead of just calming us down physiologically. It got calmed us down and started transforming us spiritually on a very deep level. And what we found, unlike a diet where you stop eating what's bad for you and you start eating what's good for you with a fast, you stop eating what you've turned to and been ingesting in Mm -hmm. lieu of turning to God and ingesting his word and camping out and feasting on his presence, feasting on his instructions. And when we do that, he does more than transform our diets and transform our mothering. I mean, he really gets down to the core of us and transforms our lives. Mm -hmm. So at the end of every 40 day fast, uh, people started writing me saying, can we keep going? Mm -hmm. And what I thought they were asking was, can we keep fasting from sugar. So I was like, yeah, of course, you know, go to the back of the book and start again. And, um, but it occurred to me what they were really saying is, can we keep feasting? Can we keep feasting on God's word with this kind of awakened, increased hunger? Mm -hmm. The problem was Monica, they didn't know how to do it without someone serving up daily devotions. Mm -hmm. So I said, let me write, (laughs) let me write one more 40 day devotional. It's called the 40-day feast. But instead of feeding you for 40 days, my goal isn't just to inspire, but also equip you how to open up God's word and dive in for yourself. Mm, So important. So important. And as you've said, so many of these Bible Bible believing moms are not Bible reading moms, right? That's, That's what right. You talked about, and so what you're doing is essentially equipping us for those of us who say we believe in God, maybe began a relationship with Him at some point, or maybe those who who are interested, curious, but haven't made that commitment yet. You're saying, let me share with you how you can get into God's Word on your own and not necessarily even depend on somebody else to put those devotions together, right? Right. I mean, you might still love the devotions and you love Sunday mornings and you love maybe even Tuesday mornings with the women at your church. I mean, you might even be a very active churchgoer who's never really spent um, consistent time in God's word. Or you might be a daily Bible reader 
but it's a little bit rote and you've lost um, your passion or since we're going with the feast analogy, you've kind of lost the flavor of um, just how sweet it is. And Mm -hmm. so it's checking the box rather than checking in with God on a really intimate personal level. And so for wherever you are in your faith walk or your lack of faith walk, Mm -hmm. the book is laid out in 40 easy to consume. I like to say, chapters. Mm. And the first, maybe third of it just focuses on why is God's word so good? It's why should we spend time with God in it? Where Mm. do we begin? And, um, and then the, the middle section really gets practical with some, some Bible study skills, which I know is your passion is let's not just talk about something like I know I can want to do something, but I need some practical help. And then the last part is let's not just listen to the word or read the word. We got to get to a point where we're, we're being changed by the word and we're ready to do what it says. And in our culture today, when the whole world is telling us one thing and much of that mm-hmm. is counter what God says in his word, yeah. how do we have the courage and the fortitude mm-hmm. to obey God and not just get swept along with culture? Yes. Oh, I'm so glad you mentioned that because even as I'm kicking off this new season here on the podcast, that is has been on my heart so heavy. And, you know, even in the past three and a half years since I started the podcast, I look around at our world and think, wow, it has really picked up the pace of being um, all the changes happening in our culture. And I know for generations, people maybe have said that, but I think we can all agree. Uh, there's there's certain things happening now that are just really moving along quickly. And I keep returning. Ephesians 5.15 has just been on my heart and mind saying, be very careful then how you live, not as unwise but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the dates are evil. And I think if there's ever a time, moms, you know, some some of us kind of get in a point where we're cruising, where, you know, like you said, we might go to church, go to Bible study, but really we're kind of like, we're okay. I just so want to encourage women and people and say, this isn't a time that you can cruise. I think we all need to wake up and, and really be wise about how we live. And so I love what you've done. And your writing, as you know, is my favorite. You just usher us into that throne room of God so beautifully. And your words are just so fun to read and so encouraging. So I love this. Oh, thank you, it. Monica. You know, the fact that you are talking about that scripture about the days being evil, we're told that in the the last days, people will consider what is good, evil, and what's evil, good. What's bitter, they'll call sweet, and Mm -hmm. what is sweet, they'll call bitter. And there's a lot of, you know, taste bud, good tasting, honey to the lips references in this 40-day feast. Um, But I have people in my life who have become very, very turned off by anything that even starts to smack of being biblical. Mm. And um, and I'm like, yep, that's what's supposed to happen. But it's easy if we don't know God's word to just kind of pick up on that by accident. Yeah. Yeah. You know, by accident. And so I'm reminded of, uh, I think it's the the treasury department. They have a fraud department in it. Mm-hmm. And someone that goes to work for the fraud department mm-hmm. and has to find all of the counterfeit bills, I would imagine that they would be given all these different uh, forms of counterfeit money. 
to yeah. so they know they know what they're looking for. Yes. But it turns out in their training, they spend more time looking at the real thing. Mm-hmm. And that's how I feel like we can be prepared, um, especially as moms, as we see as we see our our kids coming face to face with culture in this generation, we've got to know what God says about everything from from gender and sexuality to behaviors and course jest uh joking mm-hmm. we've got to know what he has to say about um purity purity mm-hmm. of our words and purity um for for our sexual purity i mean if we know what god's word says mm-hmm. then when our culture says something different or our emotion says something different or our son says something different mm-hmm. we'll say wait a minute let's go back to god's word mm-hmm. And that's not going to happen because we're a Bible believer. That's going to happen because we've spent time reading God's word. We've spent enough time in God's word that God's word got into us. Yes. Oh, so good. So good. And another scripture this reminds me of that I was just talking about with my family recently is Hebrews 2, 1 that says, we must pay the most careful attention, therefore, to what we have heard so that we do not drift away. And Mm -hmm. I just think of that word drift, you know, here I am in Hawaii. And I talk often about, about that current, you know, the current of culture, the current in the water. If you're not paying attention, you, you will drift as a believer. You can drift just as quickly as anybody else if you're not paying attention. And so I just, yes, I'm just, and it happens. It happens naturally. Yes. I mean, just uh, no condemnation here. It exactly. happens naturally, but something should happen supernaturally. I'm mm-hmm. reminded of the scripture that says, do not be um, conform to this world, but be transformed yes. by the renewing of your mind. Yes. One of those things happens intentionally. The other happens accidentally. Mm-hmm. One happens naturally, the other supernaturally. We want to be the supernatural people of God because we have spent time intentionally oh. in the presence of God in his word. Yes. Amen. And and the stakes are just so high, especially for those of us who are parents who have little eyes watching and ears listening. This is so important. And so maybe talk to us a little bit about that. Our hope that our kids will want to open up God's word as well. Talk to us about ways we can do that with our kids as or as a family. Sure. Whether you're trying to figure out where to start reading for yourself or as a family, I love, I love the gospels. Hmm. I also, I also love starting in the beginning. If you're doing this on your own, especially, and you have a lot of familiarity with God's word, but you've never actually read it from beginning to end. You know, if you say you believe in the whole story, Hmm. but you've not read the story, Hmm. then I would say head to Genesis Mm -hmm. Um, but if you have young children, I really think the gospels is a wonderful place to go. And then you can, of course, read the whole story of scripture through something like the Jesus storybook Bible, Mm -hmm. which uses each of the stories in the old Testament to point to Jesus so that when he comes on the scene, there's a hurrah from the kids at the breakfast table going, yes, because they saw him coming. They were able to track him. There are so many resources available for moms. So I just mentioned the Jesus storybook. Book Bible and Monica, it'd be awesome if you could put the but the link to that book in your show notes. But there are so many wonderful resources. Maybe you can add a couple other of the children's Bibles that you love. But as soon as they're in their older elementary age years, your primary source for teaching your kids about the Bible 
should be the Bible, Mm -hmm. reading it. Mm -hmm. And Monica knows that in the middle section of this book, I try to get really practical, but I love practical when it's simple so that it's not this far-fetched thing that maybe if I was just a little more spiritual or a little more aware, then I could actually knock it out of the park. I just want it to be so simple. So here are a couple of things I do personally that are perfect for the family. Yes. The first is before I open the word, I make sure I'm open to the word. Mm. So I call it your, your pre-Bible reading plan. And if you choose one of these or or another one and you do them with your kids, what's really cool is your kids are going to be 50, 60 years old and they are going to hear this same prayer in your voice. So the, the question that I ask most regularly before I open my Bible is, Wendy, did you come to hear from the Lord today? Mm. And then I just get quiet and then I check in with my spirit. Am I actually open to God's word before I open God's word? Mm -hmm. And so that's a great question to ask with your kids. Look them each in the eye and Mm. say, did you come to hear from the Lord today? Mm. Because we're about to hear from the Lord today. You know, another prayer that I pray before reading uh, God's word or showing up to church is God, give me the eyes to see you, Mm -hmm. the ears to hear you, the mind to perceive or understand you. The heart to experience your love for me in this love letter and the will to obey you and love you back in the way that I live it out right where I am. Yeah. And I, I've said it so many times that it's just rote now, but it's rote in a way that flows out of my heart. Mm-hmm. And that's where we want to get our kids to, where we're really engaging their heart. Mm. And then um, wherever you decide to start, I love starting in the book of Matthew and here at the beginning of the year, it's a great place to start. So my youngest child, Asher, is 14 now. And a few years ago, we started reading for the days that we sit down and read the Bible together. We started reading through uh, the Gospels and then we just kept on reading and we made it all the way through the New Testament. And then he said he wanted to do the Old Testament on his own. Hmm. And so he's been doing that. Uh, he's in, he's a freshman in high school and he has not been very consistent, but when he does it, I found that he's using Tara Lee Cobble's, the Bible recap, awesome. either the book or the podcast. Uh-huh. And it's so great, whether you're a veteran Bible reader or a child, she uh-huh. just keeps it real short, like five minutes describing what it was you encountered in the word of God that day. So I say in a chapter on commentaries, just because I want you to be able to read the Bible for yourself doesn't mean you have to read it by yourself. You can read it with a commentary. You can read it with the accountability of a friend or with your family. Yes. The biggest practical tool I've done with my kids is coming back to these three questions. And I do them on my own as well. Or if I'm leading a group of women online, here are the questions. First, what did this passage or even verse or chapter or book of the Bible reveal to me about who God is. Mm, Yes. The second question is, what does this have to tell me about me? That can mean who am I in this story or, or what does this look like in my life? Yes. And then the final question really makes it, uh, an invitation for transformation. And we're told in John 17, 17, uh, that Jesus prayed, sanctify them in the truth. The word is truth. Mm-hmm. Your word is truth. Um, so this final question is, how do I need to live differently as a result of what I read 
Mm-hmm. And maybe it's a conviction of, man, I haven't been forgiving people. I'm really holding that. Or, wow, I'm really not experiencing peace, even though I'm told that he is the prince of peace. God, what does that look like in mm-hmm. your word? And yeah. the more you get God's word in you, the mm-hmm. more it's going to, he's going to start speaking to you with other verses. Well, try, go here, go there. Mm-hmm. Um, let's flesh this out. So those are the three questions that I ask when I'm with my kids. It keeps it really simple. And yet, man, you can go so deep. Yes. And so practical. And I love that because I, my oldest son, who's 23, and I were talking recently about how sometimes even doing devotions, it's almost like the enemy's happy if we feel like we've checked something off our list, but mm-hmm. really go there in our heart. And so I love these questions because they help it help us go from just reading the word maybe quickly with our mind distracted on all the other things to actually having to think through what God can do with this in our life that day. And so what a great tool. Well, and like you just said, we don't want to be a people who check the box. We want to be individuals who check in Mm -hmm. intimately Mm -hmm. with the Lord each day. And so we don't want to just read the word. We don't want to just ingest it. We want to digest it. Yes. Oh, so good. And, and such a great little tool to give to our kids as they're growing up and learning to be independent in their own reading, which I hear from so many people who really want to help their kids develop this Bible reading discipline. And like you said, life is busy. There's grace. It's not going to be a perfectly consistent thing, but when they have those tools, I do think that they're a lot more likely to continue to do it. So, yeah. And I think that if you're looking for something to be consistent with, be consistent in your own Bible reading. I think that that really holds the most power. You can, with young children and crazy schedules, be as consistent as you can. Mm -hmm. But for yourself, Mm -hmm. keep your Bible out on the table, meet with God there. Um, And I think actually, Monica, it was when you and I were last together and taking a walk on the beach, you were saying um, that there are seasons where it's instead of teaching them what they should get out of the word, it's just sharing what you got out of the word and that modeling Man, I don't want to teach them the Bible reading discipline as much as I want to teach them. I want to invite them into having a passion for God's word. Totally. What a difference. I love that. And I love these tools. And in your book, you have many more. And you mentioned commentaries. You really do get practical in here. Tell us a little bit more about that part of your book as well. Uh, Yeah, I love it. I love I love um, addressing some of the problems of what keeps us from God's word. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that a lot of us complain about being so busy, right? There's, I just don't have time, yeah. but we can look at our screen time at the end of the day and be like, oh, six hours and 47 minutes. How did that happen? Um, and so there are some practical things to just get you there saying like, um, remember the word before the world, before you open up the World Wide web, mm-hmm. in the very least, open up your Bible app. Yeah. By the way, I I quote you on that one often with my youngest. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Thank you. Well, I I, I mean, I got to say I'm 48 years old and I quote me on that one myself. (laughs) Yes. yes. Because it's so easy to slip. Oh, it's so easy. It's so easy. It's so easy. And I know, okay, I've got to check the email inbox even. It's not even um, social media. It can be, oh, I want to see if that email from Monica came in because I've got an interview with her this afternoon. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Before I check in with Monica, have I checked in with the Lord? Mm. And there are some guardrails, some boundaries that can keep me protecting that in my life. 
And then, yes, have those pithy sayings like the word before the world, because those also get stuck in our kids' heads. Um, Another practical um, short chapter is the importance of memorizing scripture. Um, And what I find is when I've hidden God's word in my heart, I know God's word by heart and I start hearing him. Because he's speaking to me from the inside and not just from my open Bible pages, but like I'll be going and doing or interacting. And the conviction of the spirit is not um, vague. It's very specific because his word speaking to me from the inside of me. And uh, so many of us know the verse that says, I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Well, how that stops us is, I can be in the moment of speaking to my husband in a way that is not honoring or loving. Mm. And that verse uh, isn't what comes out. It's instruction to the wives that I know from God's word comes back into my heart and mind. And I'm, oh, that's right. God, that's what you've told me to do. Or even just speaking with my kids. And I kind of have an irreverent way of joking because it's just cultural. And I'm like, wait a minute, what does God's word have to say about that? Or my kids are doing wrong. And so I treat them in a way, trying to correct them in a way that's really ungodly. And what does God's word have to say about that? But I've hidden my his word in my heart so much that he's actually speaking to me from my heart. I love that in the early, in the old Testament, uh, we know that Moses put the commandments in the Ark of the covenant. He kept them there. And there's a Bible, there's a Bible translation that says he put them in the chest. Mm. And um, I know it's a total play on words, but I love that imagery of, is it in my chest? Is it in my heart Mm, so So that I have hidden God's word in my heart that I might follow Mm -hmm. his commandments and run in his commandments because his commandments are life. Yes. Oh, that is, that is so good. And, you know, it makes me think of, I often talk about Deuteronomy chapter six and chapter 11, where, where, you know, through Moses, God commands his people to teach their children, but he talks about doing it as they get up, as they walk along the street, as they lie down. And I think as I hear you talking about memorizing scripture, how important it is, because you can't necessarily have a Bible open when you're walking along the street, right? But Mm -hmm. how are you teaching them the commands? Well, when, when you've spent the time meditating on God's word, reading his word, it's going to be on your mind what's on your mind is going to overflow into conversation and that's really just doing life doing a natural life walking with God and letting it flow over into your children and so that's so good and and I've been working this year more than ever on scripture memory with Levi and those who have been around the podcast or at least my email subscribers know the first Wednesday of each month I'm sending our little list that we're working on that month um, which is averaging about seven verses a month. Sometimes it's, you know, one one chapter that's got many verses, but it's it's doable for a 12-year-old. And I'm doing it right alongside Levi. And so it's been really a fun uh, adventure for Levi and I to do this together. So hopefully listeners can get that email as well and work on scripture memory with your kids and adjust it to their age or stage. Well, and I love, was it, was it Josiah that wrote the first list? <laughs> yes. I love that because, you know, at 23, you were doing this with him at 12 yeah. and it got in his heart. And like I said, the goal isn't to get in the Bible. 
Yeah. The goal is to get into the Bible to the extent that the Bible gets into you. Mm-hmm. And that, and Josiah is a picture of that so much so that it overflowed into putting together a list for his younger brother. That's right. And that's just, it's just beautiful. That's what we're looking for. But remember moms, Monica just pointed out Deuteronomy 11, and maybe after this conversation, take a moment to open to Deuteronomy 11 mm-hmm. because God has a really clear um, call to parents in that chapter before the whole oh, talk about it when you walk along the way business. Mm-hmm. He says at near the beginning, he says, I'm not talking to your kids. I'm not talking to your sons. They weren't there. They haven't seen me perform all the miracles that you saw me do when I brought you out of Egypt and through the sea and into the desert and I provided for you. They weren't there. They don't have the track record with me that you have. And I think one of our tendencies as parents is to get really exasperated that our kids aren't more mature, (laughs) but they haven't had the track record, they haven't had the maturing journey with God that we should have had by now. Wow. And so let's commit to our own growing up, to our own sanctification. And then from that mature place, look over our shoulders and wave them on like, come on, Mm -hmm. follow me. Mm. Wendy, that's so good. Thank you. That's so encouraging. I love that you pulled that out. And that's really... We could just wrap up right there. I know it's my, it really is my favorite Bible passage for moms, Deuteronomy 11. Yeah. yeah. Because then it goes on to say, okay, and now teach it to your kids. Yeah. And now teach it to your kids, but make sure that you're following me because you're the adult that's walked with me. You grow and then invite your kids to come along. Mm, That's just beautiful. And so timely right now, as we begin this new year and something we can all do. Okay. So I want to hear for the mom listening, who's like, okay, you're kind of talking about things. I don't even know where Deuteronomy is or. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. We're going to talk about the whole thing. We're going to talk about the whole Bible narrative. Actually, I remember reading to you, Monica, one of the earliest chapters, and it was the chapter where I tell the story of the Bible narrative. And Mm -hmm. we were watching Luke in a competition locally, (laughs) I think, uh, two summers ago and I was just sitting on the grass and you were sitting in a little chair and, um, and I read this chapter aloud to you. So we start at the beginning by just saying, Hey, if you are completely lost in what is the arc of the story Mm. of your Bible, let me tell it to you. So we really cover some of the simple stuff that Mm. feels like some of the really complicated stuff that keeps you from diving in. Yeah. And you, you do it in such a, an understandable way and your quotes throughout the book. I just have to stop right here. Speaking of quotes throughout the book and make sure that anybody who is listening uh, checks out your Instagram feed because I've had such a great time this winter leading up to the launch of your book, just following along these incredible quotes about God's word. Tell us just a little bit about how you gathered those and where people could find the full list if they want to. Yeah, that's so fun. I I had said to you, Monica, months ago, I said, man, I have so many quotes that are awesome. I think I'm going to put together a list of like my favorite hundred. And you said, your favorite hundred? (laughs) Are there that many? I was like, oh, yes, I could probably do 100 of just like, you know, Tozer and Spurgeon and C.S. Lewis. But I tried to only do one or two of each of them and find some pretty random ones, too. But it's been a lot of fun. I counted down the 100 days to the launch of the 40 Day Feast by sharing one 
uh, quote a day. And it really has been fun to see these creative ways of explaining how wonderful God's word is. So yes, you can find me at Wendy Speak on Instagram and find them there. But if you'd like the whole download of them, if you go to wendyspeak.com forward slash feast, you'll find out about all the things that related to the 40 day feast, but there are a bunch of downloads that are just free giveaways. And, um, and you'll, you can get that there. Absolutely. As well as, you know, those three questions that I ask, there's a downloadable bookmark that has those included and you can just keep it in your Bible where you're reading. Remember the three questions are, what am I learning about God? What am I learning about myself? And how should I live differently? How should I live sanctified, set apart and different as a result? Mm. Those are so good. Yes, I love all of that. And um, and yeah, people will be surprised because I confess when you first told me about those 100 quotes, I remember thinking it sounded a little dry or dull, like really? And now every day I open Instagram and look for you first because they're so good. They're like, they really make me think and they really make me want to get back into God's word like all of your writing does. So, wow. Okay. I'm going to definitely be linking to all those places so people can find you easily and follow you and get their hands on your book. But you also have, you know, for those who haven't been a part of your sugar fast before, can you give us a quick, um, yeah. you know, rundown on how that works? Because right now I believe we're within like two days when this comes out of your sugar fast group starting up. So tell us how that lead to the feast. Okay. And because you can run over to Hobby Lobby and find it there or order it on Amazon Prime and probably have it tomorrow, if not tonight. Um, The 40-day sugar fast, I I mentioned at the beginning of this conversation, it started all those years ago, specifically for moms. What are we turning to, to get us through our hard days? Instead of turning from sugar high to sugar high, let's start turning to the most high because he isn't just going to transform our diet. He's going to transform our lives. And he even transforms our parenting because we're going to become so much calmer, kinder, more consistent because we're not all jacked up on Dr. Pepper and another highly sugared latte to get us through our afternoons or running to the pantry for that handful of leftover chocolate chips. Um, We start turning to him and he really does a number on our lives and our appetite starts to change. We start hungering and thirsting for righteousness, for God's presence, for his power in our weakness. Really, it it increases our appetite, these 40 days of fasting. So during our fast, we start feasting on God's word together for 40 days. And then by the end of it, we're going to roll this year right into the 40-day feast together as a community. So There will be thousands of us getting hungry for God's word and then really digging in together. And I I would love it if you guys would hop on over. If you want to sign up for the 40-Day Sugar Fast, you can go to 40daysugarfast.com. That's the number 4040daysugarfast.com and sign up for the fast. Mm -hmm. And there are a bunch of free downloads there. And the book is on sale all the time at all the places. It's really wonderful. And then you'll be able to find the 40-Day Feast also on Amazon or bakerbooks.com, maybe even at Hobby Lobby right now as well. So I'm really excited and would love to have you join us. Mm, I love it all. And again, we'll have those links to make it real easy for you over in show notes. Um, Okay, before I let you go, 
in this new season as I'm ramping up to launch my book, Raising Amazing, coming out in February, I would love for you to share something from your own life, walk with God, family, whatever this might look like, something that has been a pleasant surprise or has caused wonder because that's how we define amazing around here. What's something amazing you can share with the listeners? You know, I don't want to be Debbie Downer, but I am going to say that Monica knows uh, that I've gone through a lot of um, challenges in this last year. Mm. And um, I keep coming back to the verse that in God's presence, there is fullness of joy, mm. not in our circumstances, yeah. but in his presence within our circumstances. And I've sort of started seeing this kind of like, uh, this sounds goofy, but like a bubble. Mm-hmm. And I don't mean a spiritual bypass where we pretend everything's fine, but like when I can enter into his presence, even with here within my real life circumstances. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's why I love going to church on Sunday mornings and during the, the musical worship portion of the service, that's what the bubble feels like. Yeah. And if I can practice that worshipful presence. I'm reminded that Jesus said, when you walk with me, you will not walk in darkness, but you will have the light of life. That's the bubble. It's the bubble of light, but it's not wide. You got to stay close. And the more not joyful your circumstances are, the more close you've got to be to the one who is the light of the world, because he's not afraid of the dark. Mm -hmm. Wow. That is amazing. Isn't it? Yeah, that is amazing. And so are you. And so I'm excited. I I bless you, Monica. I bless this podcast in this new season and your listeners. Um, Just go, go grow in amazing ways and um, touch amazing lives, starting with those right there in your family. Mm, Thank you, Wendy, so much. I cannot wait to uh, get this this next book into everybody's hands and uh, tell tell people where you're on Instagram if they want to just track you down right now and I know they can find all the places there as well. Yeah, you got to come find my fun quotes. Um, Wendy Speak, uh, with an E at the end, Wendy Speak. You can find me on Facebook and you can find me on Instagram. Um, And then if you join the 40-Day Sugar Fast uh, community, you'll join us also in that Facebook group. And that's a real fun place to connect there. Amazing. Awesome. Thank you. God bless you, Wendy. Happy New Year. Thanks for spending time with us. Thank you. All right, friends, I hope you were encouraged by everything that Wendy shared. And of course, there are links to all the things and the places that she mentioned over in show notes, which you can find at monicaswanson.com forward slash podcast. And this particular episode is monicaswanson.com forward slash Wendy Speak Feast. All right. I am so excited for all we have ahead and I hope your new year is kicking off well. Next week's episode is going to be very new year's specific. So bring your pen and paper, be ready, spread the word. We've got good stuff ahead. So thanks for being here, friends. Have a wonderful rest of your week and until next time, aloha. Aloha.